Ask an Expert. Steve Bloomberg and I discuss the 2020 Humana Value-Based Care Report. Relentlessly seeking value. Humana recently came out with their Value-Based Care Report. The subhead is Physician Progress and Patient Outcomes. It's a very fancy report with a lot of pages and graphics and this impressive format definitely caught the attention of some of our industry. I read one blog post really keying in on one sort of depressing aspect of the report, namely that Humana's value-based care VBC program saved a rounding error of 0.4% over their non-VBC program. I wanted to get an expert's take on this report and their reaction to the report and could think of no better person than Steve Blumberg, who has worked in value-based care delivery on the provider and on the payer side. Steve Blumberg, MBA, is the VP of Practice Transformation for Guidewell Health, a subsidiary of Guidewell. This Humana report, if you'd like to see it for yourself, we link to it on RelentlessHealthValue.com, or you can also get it directly at digital.humana.com slash VBC report. My name is Stacey Richter. This podcast is sponsored by Aventria Health Group. Steve Blumberg, welcome to Relentless Health Value. Thank you. Pleasure to be here today. I'd love to get your opinion on this. There was recently a report that Humana released showing the impact of their value-based service line. And one stat seemed to jump out to a lot of people. They looked at providers in the value-based model versus providers who were not being compensated in a value-based way, but were both under the Medicare Advantage umbrella. And there was a 0.4% savings, 0.4. So, you know, four tenths of 1%. Not much. (laughs) Savings. One of the promises of value-based care, obviously, you were talking about the triple aim, and one of those corners is cost and the idea that value-based care is going to reduce costs. So when you contemplate a report like that, what's your take on it? I'm familiar with that report, and it and it was very, I think, interesting on a number of fronts. They may have benefited by speaking to some of the other measures more aggressively. One of the things that Medicare, of course, affords is a relatively even reimbursement structure. Even inside MA models, there, there's a relatively low variability in, uh, in the base rates that, that head out the door. Not to say that there aren't significant incentives and sharing of uh, risk and costs that drive a lot of the economic value. The base levels are a little more certain I do wonder in that analysis if there's not some sense of the rising tide lifts all boats, that the models and efficacy that Humana was looking at impacted uh, all of their agreements in some similar way. And I also think about the progress over time of these arrangements. And again, that's why I'd want to look at, at quality outcomes and outcomes themselves across populations rather than sort of the raw costs. You know, my impression when I looked at that report was, first of all, the COVID period was excluded. You know, it only was through the end of 2019 or something. But if I'm thinking about the opportunity in a value-based model to, as you put it, have a relationship with patients 
that if I were a patient in some kind of primary care setting where I knew I had access to my physician, I could definitely see that from a patient perspective. And I'm not sure whether this is measurable with patient experience. I suppose it would be. I would certainly wonder whether the impact of a value-based model would be significantly better, especially in a COVID period, than someone who was kind of tossed into that cold, go-at-it-yourself FFS environment. No, and I think that's fair. I, I also don't know the mix of patients that were in one group or the other. I'm sure it's in their data, but did they risk adjust these patients? Did they also, did they account for... I think to your point, the entire experience of care. At the end of the day, I think this cost difference is, and the lack of a cost difference is notable, but one must think there's more to it than that. When you look at the you know, relatively slim set of statistics that were presented. You know, here's just two other points to ponder that I sure. just thought of. One of them is there, Zach Cooper in Yale came up with a really interesting initiative. I forget what he called it. It was kind of like 1% at a time. He's like, look for 1% savings because 1% of, what is it, $3 trillion? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is not insubstantial. And it's these incremental, it's his point of view that incrementally it all will add up. And if all we're looking for is the, you know, 25% answer, we're never going to find it. And, you know, we're letting perfect be the enemy of the good. You find 25 initiatives that save 1%, it adds up to 25%. Yeah, and I actually, I think it's a very good point because I can't recall the time period, but I, re, I believe it was a relatively narrow time period that was covered in that model, in that report. But you have to look at these things over time. Obviously, if it, if there was a rounding here, if there's half a percent better every year and it runs for 10 years, you're going to like that. If it's a one-year model and the following year it's a half percent up and it ping-pongs back and forth, that's certainly worth paying attention to. I agree. I think in healthcare, we've been looking for the what will save 10% solutions for all my career. And there's just no such animal. Uh, There just isn't. (laughs) Well, and I think the other thing to really consider here is that the second that a value-based care model starts supporting social determinants of health and providing transportation, and I mean, those are new costs. So, I mean, society was paying them before, but the payer maybe wasn't. So if those costs start getting added in there, it's not really an apples to apples comparison any longer. That's a a very fair point as well. I would concur uh, there as well. I know, uh, you know, some of the most more aggressive models in the market, like like Oak Street and Chen and City Block, they center their thinking around those very issues and uh, and are still able to drive the savings that they're uh, that they're seeking but in a more complete and holistic environment. Steve Blumberg, MBA, thank you so much for being on Relentless Health Value today. Thank you. Links to everything discussed on the program today can be found at relentlesshealthvalue.com. If you visit the website, relentlesshealthvalue.com, you will also find a complete listing of all of the shows that we have published thus far with leading entrepreneurs and executives in the healthcare space today. Another cool feature is, you know, you can subscribe to the show so that every week the episode is automatically sent to you so you don't have to remember to go to the website to download it. Thanks so much for listening.